Hey Moonies, welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with Jada B. and Christopher Hill, creators of the Japanese foodie account, OKDES. And Jada is also the founder of the creative agency, Bay Tokyo, who's worked with brands like Nike, Nylon Japan, Heineken, and more. And Christopher Hill is the social community manager for Spotify and creator of the digital series, Reality Check. As you can see, we have a lot to talk about, so I'm really excited to have them on the show. Hey guys, how are you? <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having us. Yeah. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Um, I'm super excited, uh, especially since you guys are both Sailor Moon fans. Yes. Yes. Huge fans. Yeah. Um, so the first question I like to ask everyone is just, what's your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? Um. Okay. I, I guess I'll go. So. For me, that's kind of a tough question, but the thing that I can remember the most, and I think maybe a lot of millennials and people around my age can kind of relate to um, watching Toonami. There was like a program that would come on after school on Cartoon Network where they played all of the anime um, on TV from Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z. Um, I can't remember what other shows, but I remember specifically Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z specifically um and i would like rush home to get it just because it looks so cool and so different and unique from kind of what i was normally used to watching um, on tv um so i just kind of fell in love with it from toonami directly and i know like for me like with the whole japanese thing people always assume that i've have always been into anime or just liked it and i honestly i'm still really not into anime specifically um like I think a lot of people assume, but Sailor Moon, I don't know, it just, it caught my heart with just the colors, the characters, they were all girls. I love that. I could identify with that and just their different personalities. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. that I mean, her, Jada's experience is very similar to mine. Like, Toonami was the first intro into Sailor Moon for me and just in general, like, Japanese TV. Um, and I always say that, like, I there's like a reason why there's like such a like huge Japanese like culture like boom and pe- why people like it so much is because like we watched these type of shows growing up like it was in on TV um as we were growing up and Sailor Moon was one of those shows that was just I was obsessed with I was obsessed with each of them because they all had different personalities they all had different um powers and they all the stories were so good. Like it was like a full, um, it felt like live action because it was like the, the stories were real and the things that they were going through. And um, it, it was just, I just loved it. It was so it good. It just felt so relatable, right? Like looking back, some of it is like really dramatic, but <laughs> I guess like as like a preteen or teenager, it's just like, this is so cool. But I, I still feel that way. Yeah, and also, like, they were, it was drama, but it also was comedy. It had everything. Yeah, like drama, comedy, romance. Like, what else can you want? <laughs> yeah. It was uh, amazing. Uh, Chris, did you have a favorite Sailor Scout? So, yes. Uh, I think in the Inner Galaxy, I had two favorites. Sailor Mercury, um, just because I always like water. Like, I, like even when I play Pokemon, like, I always chose the water um, Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jupiter. And then Outer Galaxy would be uh, Sailor Pluto, just because she was just... She was, like, different. Like, she didn't really interact that much with other Sailor Scouts, but she, like, had this really unique look and... Uh, I, she, I just thought she was so dope. Yeah, she is. How about you, Jada? Um, personally, I've, I've always been a fan of Sailor Mars. She was always this kind of bossy and a little feisty, but still really, like, sweet, I guess, when she wanted to be. <laughs> and I always kind of identified with that. Like, she's still really nice, and she's still a good friend, but, you know, if you kind of rub her the wrong way, then she'll definitely let you know. Um, and I guess for outer... And she's definitely Sailor Pluto. She's super underappreciated, um, but I, I love Sailor Pluto. Yes, give Sailor Pluto her flowers. She's the <laughs> keeper of time. Like, goodness, we got to appreciate her more. I'm so happy we're getting Pluto love on this episode because she's one of my favorites and she's not a favorite of a lot of people. 
Um, you kind of like forget about her sometimes because she's not yeah. like always there, but she is isn't, dope. Isn't mm-hmm. she also Loki, like the black one? <laughs> Loki. I feel like Pluto and Jupiter are like Loki, the the black Sailor Scouts. Yeah, because yes. I think even in the manga, like Sailor Pluto, like her, I guess like her complexion is like a little bit darker than mm-hmm. like what the other sailors look like. Yeah, she definitely had a little bit of melanin. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If she, I don't think she was supposed to be black necessarily, but she definitely had some melanin. She's something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then in the um, I don't know if you guys know. This is something I recently figured out. It was originally going to be like a Sailor Moon live action show, um, in a, in the United States before they created like the animated show. And in that one, Jupiter was black. So I'm like, that would have oh. been dope. Yeah, it was kind of like a Power Rangers, like it was kind of like part like live action and part like animated. Oh, wow. I mean, I know they've done like live action, like uh, like shows and like almost like stage plays. But Mm -hmm. um, that would have been dope if it was like a real TV like show, like live action. I mean, it looked really bad, but it would have been really good (laughs) to like my seven year old self. (laughs) That's the thing. It's hard to nail like looking like sailor moon in real life mm-hmm. like that hairstyle is so hard to really get right that's true too yeah to make it look like realistic but also keep it close to the source material yeah yeah that's true but yeah but that's cool you guys have good sailor scout choices i mean all of them are good choices <laughs> but i like your choices <laughs> wait what are you so what are your favorite who are your favorite sailor scouts oh yeah i like when people ask me questions um I really love Sailor Moon. Um, that's why I identified with more like growing up mm-hmm. just because like I am kind of like I love eating. I love sleeping. Um, I'm also just like <laughs> can be lazy, but I also like when I need to like I'll like get my stuff together and like do something and like be a better person. <laughs> um, yeah, but I also really love Jupiter and I love Pluto. Um, just because I think Pluto is really cool, like any just the fact that she's like a gatekeeper of time, I think is yeah, awesome. Exactly, it just sounds really cool. Um, I love Neptune. So I think she's just really pretty, and she just seems like she has her life together. Yes, <laughs> she has yeah. a mirror to keep her on point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like she's playing violin. Like she, she, like this Sailor Scout stuff is like a hobby for her. <laughs> for <like>. sure. <laughs> um, and then Jupiter, just because like I always thought she was really cool. Um, because uh you know she kind of has like this tomboy appeal but she's also like boy crazy and like yeah. super romantic so and the rose earrings for me <laughs> mm-hmm. like the rose earrings oh, like there's that. no one else who had that right yeah, it was so love fun that. my um roommate in college one time she got me rose earrings for i think my birthday as like a gift and i was like oh my god did you do this on purpose she's like what i'm like these are the same earrings as sailor jupiter she's like yeah yeah i did that on purpose <laughs> she did not but yeah iconic like between mars's pumps red pumps and jupiter's mm-hmm. rose right. earrings like there were moments mm-hmm. yeah and that was the thing too like their style like they all had such different styles and like they would like the first cartoon i think i ever watched where they were wearing different clothes every episode mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you didn't see that in any other cartoons right true yeah you don't even see it in um well, you see it in anime, but like even like Naruto, like they don't really change their clothes that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. Um, so I want to switch up a little bit and talk about like what you guys are working on because we can talk about Sailor Moon all day. All day. <laughs> all day, <laughs> for <Literally>. sure. <laughs> um, so, how did you come up with the Japanese foodie account, OK Des? Well, um, Jada and I, we both, we've actually been friends for quite a while now. Um, in actually a really interesting way through social media we became friends um and we became friends because of one sailor moon Mm -hmm. two because of like our love for japanese like food and culture and just like the interest of like japan so um i think we just like connected and uh jayla moved to new york uh like what is it how long ago have you did you move to new york uh this is now my second year technically yeah so jada moved to new york and then we've been hanging out and we were like we should just figure out a way to you know you know talk about our interests um and and food and i, I think we that's just sort of how okay that's kind of came about i don't know like jada if you have 
if that's the same way that you think it came about i mean i think so and i don't know like if you want to talk about like you know learning japanese but right. you know we used to meet a lot on sundays for our mm -hmm. japanese lessons to where we would kind of like meet up for food and we would kind of go through like just different lessons within the japanese book um just kind of like helping chris like get better with his japanese and then we just kind of thought you know, like we're spending so much money and trying these new restaurants every week and kind of dedicating an entire Sunday to like Japan, like we should maybe blog about this. And that's really kind of how it started just to from just habit of meeting, like making it a mission to meet on Sunday specifically just to take time out for things that we both really enjoyed. Exactly. Yeah. Jada said it way better than I did. But... <laughs> I love it. No, that sounds really cool. I think when I saw it, I'm like, this is such a good idea. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And like, I don't know, like, I think it's just fun to try different types of Japanese food or just also foods that people don't, I guess, like think like people think about ramen and sushi, but like just showing other types of food outside of that. And mm -hmm. I think that's like the super fun part about it, too. Yeah. And there's so many things that you can do even with that to where a lot of people don't necessarily know how to pronounce the words correctly mm -hmm. or even like know what the ingredients are or even like what it is especially outside of like that realm of sushi and ramen and you know what really makes sushi good and what really is sushi outside of like that american perspective and same goes for ramen too you know um so for me that's kind of like how i try to think of it too especially you know with my experiences living most of my adult life so far in japan and i've for me, like, I really miss Japanese food the most since I'm not there anymore. Um, but I found that New York, thankfully, has so many really, really, really good Japanese restaurants. So I really do appreciate that. And it's I think it's important to share something that's good with the rest of the world. We don't need to, like, hog that information. Mm -hmm. Have you guys had any favorite places so far? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> so many. <laughs> Uh, Jada, I don't know if you want to go first. I know. I was thinking, like, we have an entire list, and I wanted to pull up our list to make sure I didn't forget anything. Um, <laughs> but I, I know, like, one of the first places that we went to was this place in, is it in K-Town, Chris? Yes. Uh, Combini. You already know Combini. what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Um, the first time we went there, we went and got Okonomiyaki, which is, like, a Japanese savory pancake. Um, and it was it was so on point. And it was just so right, especially to, I think, what we probably have both experienced in the past. But I think the owners of that restaurant, they're Korean. So they add kind of like a, a Korean like kick to it and extra spice. A lot of Japanese food really isn't spicy. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of even mm -hmm. elevated it a bit to where it felt more in line with like the Osaka style of okonomiyaki because that's where it comes from. And a lot of culture in Osaka, I don't think a lot of people know, um, is really based around uh, Korean culture and kind of like with the war in Japan. And I'm not going to get into that, but it definitely has like a huge influence to Japanese cuisine, specifically in Osaka. So I just thought it was so good and so amazing. And the staff is so kind. They're so nice to us. Um, they always hook us up every time we go. So definitely a huge shout out to Konbini. Yes. And also like the name Konbini is um, like learning Japanese, right, is also a part of um, this experience and, and going to eat food like Konbini actually is like the short form way of saying convenience. So convenience store. And in Japan, like convenience stores are known for having like these full blown meals. You can walk into a 7-Eleven and get like ramen and curry mm -hmm. and these things. Um, so that was also like a cute thing and reason why like we wanted to try it in the first place yeah and it's not gross like i don't know i would never walk into a 7-eleven <laughs> in america and think like i'm gonna have sushi today you know but the convenience stores or the convenience in tokyo they're equipped with fresh food teas like everything you need and it's legit and it's good and super convenient i mean you can even buy like socks and clothes at the convenience store you know in, in tokyo so it's a really like cute play on words for the restaurant. Yeah, I think I mentioned this before we started recording, but I went to Tokyo and Seoul and me and my friend, when, when we first got to Tokyo, it was like four o'clock in the morning and we um just hit up a convenience store like that was down the street and we just grabbed a whole bunch of snacks 
mm-hmm. and like we had like kimchi fried rice and ramen and still to this day that was one of the best meals we had on that trip because <laughs> it was so good yeah and the craziest thing is that it doesn't all it doesn't really look good like mm-hmm. you go in and it's like oh it's regular, no. yeah and then they throw it into like a microwave or some kind of magic box mm-hmm. and it comes out like a full-blown delicious Ta-da. meal ta-da ja-ja <laughs> ta-da <laughs> Have you guys tried Odin? Like, I really hate that, like, a lot of foreigners look at it and call it water food, but it's usually, like, the food that's up by the register. It looks really strange. I will say that, but it actually is really good. Is that, like, yeah. the, um, it's kind of like a jelly type of thing, or it's kind of like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's supposed to, like, refresh um, your palate a little bit? It's, it's a bunch of different vegetables, okay, kind right. of, like, at the front of the convenience store really close to the register to where you get like kind of a a round container and you kind of scoop out like what you want like Mm. sometimes there's radish or tofu or i don't know if there's like potatoes in there sometimes Mm -hmm. um it looks off-putting i will say that but it actually is really good and it's super cheap honestly like you can get a container of like olden for like kakuin like a dollar and yeah be good (laughs) yeah i haven't tried that i'm gonna have to try that next time that sounds interesting and good. I'm down. It's cheap. You have nothing to lose. That's, that's the other thing. Like everything in the convenience store is super cheap. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Nice. I think that's the thing too. Is like going into Japan. You might think that like when I first went to Japan, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like the food that much. And this was like my first time going. And I, um, but as soon as I tried the different foods, I was I was in love. I was like my first. Um, dish I fell in love with in Japan and it's still my favorite Japanese dish is um, Japanese curry mm-hmm. like Japanese curry is just like and I feel like I talk about this all the time but like I love it it's so good it's you can get it however spicy you want it um, yeah and there's another restaurant here in New York you should try it if you haven't had it before but it's called Suki or Ski and it's a Japanese curry spot um, in East Village and see, I still haven't been to that one, Chris. We went to Aoi Kitchen together, which I think is so, so on point. But I, I still got to try ski to, yes. together with you. Y'all are making me hungry. <laughs> 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 so, anyway. Sorry. We're like, I'm a, I'm a big foodie in general. So all I think about is food. Yeah, no, I am too. Like, yeah, I I spent many a times in Cape Town. Yes. <laughs> Especially like in New York, it's just so easy just to like, there's so many food options from so many different places available. Like, it's like the foodie heaven. <laughs> yes. It's so good. You know, to me, that's the most exciting part about it because my, my favorite Japanese food is still sushi. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like sushi for how I guess we see it, what we have access to in the U.S., it never compares to the quality of what you can get in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Even like the dollar sushi, like, bullet sushi train or something is still better to me in japan in my opinion than like the expensive stuff here but i have had like sushi in new york that have come pretty close to that and it's definitely been pricey for sure but um it's just something about the preparation and the care and just the quality of the ingredients in japan too with the sushi that is just it doesn't compare to anything else yeah and then also just going back a little i remember you guys said you guys became friends because you realized you're both sierra moon fans how did that come about i'm most curious how people like discover someone else is a sierra moon fan uh you know we probably were just so it's all started on twitter like mm-hmm. like we were on twitter and um i probably tweeted about sailor moon actually i had probably i think uh, at one point i had um spent a summer like watching the whole season uh and it was probably during that time and i tweeted about sailor moon a lot and i actually watched all the way through up until sailor stars which was um japanese only um it didn't come to uh the u.s and jada probably recommend recommended me to watch sailor stars uh and so it probably started around that time that was like 20 maybe 2013 i'm not sure but (laughs) i think that probably was like she just saw that i was tweeting on twitter or the same vice versa and we just started that kind of like relationship and friendship over um sailor moon i know i'm like i don't remember exactly how that happened but it that definitely 
sounds on brand for both of us. Like maybe I tweeted you like, oh my goodness, I love this too, or who knows what it was. Mm -hmm. But it was definitely the connection of Sailor Moon. And Chris and I have actually known each other digitally longer than we have in person. Like Mm -hmm. I've only recently moved back to the U.S. now two years ago to New York, and we actually met up. But we've been technically friends a lot longer than that just simply through Twitter. Right, because she was in Japan Mm -hmm. and I was in new york so we weren't able to be physical friends until recently yeah i feel like that's the story of so many people especially around our age where you just you i know so many people like online only or i'm like one day we'll meet in person but mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. twitter and everything like you really feel like you you're friends and you know someone um just from like interacting on a daily basis like there are people i talk to on twitter every day that i talk to like most other people <laughs> that i know in real life yeah so mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. valid for sure that's awesome i love i love when sailor moon brings people together yes oh <laughs> <laughs> um, and jada i want to ask you how did uh what made you want to start bay tokyo um well i've always worked in music and i've been working in music basically my entire career and i've i've done radio mostly like even i studied broadcast journalism and journalism in college and writing and i used to blog a lot um but I never really had like the time or really even, I guess, like the means to really DJ. Um, but even like as a radio host, I would have musicians and DJs ask me all the time, like the music that I was playing on the show, like, hey, can you make me a playlist? And that really, I don't know if I can cuss, but that really used to irritate. Okay, thank you. <laughs> that used to irritate the shit out of me because I would think, you know, like I have all these you know, really cool people coming through my platform, which I'm grateful for, but why are they asking me for music? Like I should probably be the one to do it. So I don't know, just divine timing. And finally I was able to learn how to DJ. And once I start playing, I realized just kind of looking around in every gig that I was playing or even just inside of like the club and club culture, it was just so male dominated. Um, And even being in spaces that you don't, aren't familiar with and people don't know you, you know, people have always assumed that girls are just there as like a groupie or you're just like the DJ's girlfriend or something like there's no way you can actually be the talent or even know anything about this, you know, tech. Um, So I actually got together with some other like-minded women in Atlanta. We kind of started working together and I was kind of there for a little while. Um, I had left Tokyo in 2011 because of the earthquake and the tsunami and that whole thing so I was in Atlanta for a little while and I always knew that I wanted to go back um so when I was finally able to go back we had done one party together and I don't know I think we all kind of just saw what the potential was within that group and what we can do so when I moved back to Tokyo I just pretty much brought that concept back with me um and started the group and you know, we've we've been able to connect with so many just different women and other groups around Asia, mostly because that's the foundation of the company. Um, so it was just really honestly out of necessity. And from that, you know, I've been able to really curate my own experiences and work with so many like great people and great companies. And actually, you would probably like this story. So the co-founder of Bay Tokyo, um, her name is Ashley Roden. She's also a, a big Sailor Moon fan. And actually, all of the branding behind Bay Tokyo is inspired by Sailor Moon. We have entire mood boards that we've collected um, just over time, really creating like the design aesthetic and theme and just tone of what we look like uh, visually. And that all comes from Sailor Moon, 100%. I love that so much. And it makes so much sense. Because when I went to your Instagram page, I was like, I love all of this aesthetic. <laughs> I was just like, this is beautiful. Thank you. And it comes from Sailor Moon. I mean, you know, even just like, looking at Sailor Moon with a creative eye and just visually like kind of just taking screenshots of different frames within the show Mm -hmm. you know it's all pastels and like Darian in English like he would have on like a pastel like pink shirt and like Mm -hmm. these baby blue pants and then like the sky is like three different pastel beautiful colors and then there's the moon and then there's Luna like she's a black cat but she's got you know this yellow crescent moon and then you know it's just so many different little elements within each frame of that show that we just kind of use as like the base of the branding of the company and that is 100% Sailor Moon and also Ashley because I I really think she's a genius she's the most talented designer I've ever worked with so I'm so 
blessed, honestly, that she co-founded this thing with me. Shout out to Ashley. You need to get Shout her on the show, Ashley. too. <laughs> yeah, you love her. She's great. <laughs> yeah. um, and Chris, you have a, rea- a digital series, Reality mm-hmm. Check. How did that come about? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think in general, we always need, like, outlets to be creative outside of our jobs. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always had this uh, sort of, like, desire to to act and create, fi- like, some type of film project. Um, and I... I had I was writing things in a journal at one point I had went through like this little breakup and it was like this little this thing I was kind of um you know just writing things down in a journal and at one point I was reading it and I was like wow like this could be a story and um I decided to just turn it into a script so I turned it into a script I was you know like and actually I thought it was hilarious but I was like is anyone else gonna find this funny and I decided to take it to one of my friends who I worked with at MTV at the time. And uh, she was in uh, video production. Her name is Kim, Kim Mason. And I took it to her and she was like, wow, this is this is good. Like you've been sitting on gold because it was like a year um, that I finally decided to share it. A year had gone by mm-hmm. and she was like, you should take it and make it a thing. And um, she was like, I'll direct it. And I was like, OK, no, let's do it. And uh, I had met with another friend uh, who had made short films. Her name name is Tannis Spencer, and she makes short films. um, And she kind of gave me the rundown on what needed to happen in terms of production, like what the crew needed to be, all of that. So I was like, okay, I know what needs to happen. I know how much money I need to do it. Like, all right, I'm ready. So I, I think it took like another few months or, you know, time to get it figured out. And we filmed it. Um, in 2017, put it out in 2018, and um, now I finally got around to <laughs> shooting a second season uh, two years later. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just it's my little passion project, my little baby. Yeah, I binged it all in one go. Um, really? Oh my god! <laughs> it was so good. I Thank really you. Love, I love my first black coworker. I thought that was yes, hilarious. yes. So I mean, relatable. we. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing too. It was like I realized that oh, these are things other people go through too, and you know, also thought it would be interesting because the the show is based around a uh, like a queer black millennial mm-hmm. and his life and story in New York, and um, I realized I was like, you don't really see that many like queer black um, characters as leads. Um, I think. Uh, Lena Waithe's show um, is one of the first, honestly, um, on the beat on BT. Um, but I was like, wow, like this is not something that's been done much. Um, and but also too, like queer part of his life isn't the only thing that defines him. So him having a fully fledged life and working, you know, in in entertainment and figuring things out, like you deal with everything everyone else deals with. So. Uh, the first black coworker episode was like, you know, something like actually it was based off a real story. I, I had a friend I worked with and she uh, she was like, the first time I met you when you came into the office, it felt like the color purple, like the scene <laughs> where they running through the, the field and like hugging each other. And I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> and I thought about that. I was like, what? I knew I needed a scene about his work life. And that moment came to uh my mind and i was like i gotta create recreate that um so yeah that's yeah i wanted to kind of share that and we all kind of go through that working in in, um you know work environments that don't have a lot of people who look like us so um yeah thank you that's awesome yeah it was great i'm really happy that you got you have a second season coming out so that's my next question (laughs) yes yeah, so we we actually finished wrapping it last weekend. Um, yeah, so we just finished yeah. it, which a challenge because COVID um, and making sure everything was done properly. So uh, yeah, we finished shooting that, and now it's like editing time. So we'll take some time to edit it, and then put out some time um, in the new year, most likely. And 
Um, I'm looking forward to sharing it because it's like a f- expanded version of the first season. Uh, the first season, every episode is like a little montage, sort of like a sitcom where you can watch it and not watch in order. You you can just watch the episode and you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. This time it'll be a through line story happening and you really get to understand who the main character Chris is and what his whole world looks like. So Dope. Well, I'm super excited for that. Hopefully COVID isn't a thing in 2021 and Yes, hopefully not. It's <laughs> gonna be great. Um, Thank you. So both of you've lived in Japan or you've stayed it's a long period of time in Japan. Um I was wondering if you guys had any chance to visit any of the Sailor Moon spots in real life. Um, actually, and Chris, I've never actually even told you this, but um, some of my friends uh, that I made in Tokyo were also really big Sailor Moon fans too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Japanese or foreigner alike, we all just kind of could relate through that anime specifically. Um, so one day we actually went shrine hunting um, for the shrines in Sailor Moon. Now, I, I think Google even has a map that you can kind of like, I don't know if you can download it, but it is available on Google Maps in Japan to where they have it pinpointed as far as all of the Sailor Moon shrines. Um, so we did go to one and we went to, I think it was Ray Shrine. Yeah, There's so. actually... Oh, race rhyme. Yeah, but there's two of them. There's actually oh. like kind of like one that's replicated as race shrine that's much smaller and then there's the actual like the big one where you walk up the stairs. Um oh. and we thought we were going to that one but we ended up at the smaller one, but they did have like a gift shop and things like that. So we went there, you know, we did like our little prayers and we brought charms because I think that shrine in particular was supposed to be like about love so they were sharing like all these like uh love charms and just different things that you could buy so we did all that and that's really cool (laughs) yeah it was cute and fun that's cool i didn't even know it was real like Mm -hmm. based off real shrines yeah there's like you can like visit like i went to one of the parks they went to um but i didn't get to go to the shrine that's what i really went to do when i was there yeah, and it's interesting, too, because the area that the show is in um, within, I think, the first couple of seasons of mm-hmm. Sailor Moon is in Azabujuban. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the school that I went to in Tokyo, uh, it now it's moved, but it used to be in Azabujuban. So it was always interesting to kind of like pinpoint different places in the show uh, that were real, um, mm-hmm. that were just familiar, like, oh, yeah, I know this area or like that intersection. But there definitely is like a lot of crossover between real life and you know maybe just something that they made up yeah 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 now i was uh i I, i'm trying to think i've been to a sailor moon store right they have a sailor moon store in shibuya uh and it's very small it's like not a lot of things in there but i was just like i have to go somewhere that's like a sailor moon themed something um so i went to a sailor moon store in shibuya and then uh I've been to Tokyo Tower, which you will see in the background of uh, the the landscape and the show. Um, And yeah, I've been to a few of the like I've been to some shrines and I think some of the same ones that were in the show. But I didn't realize I guess I didn't realize it was like based off real shrines, which is really cool. Yeah. Chris, we, we just need to make a trip together and just kind of yes. like combine what we both know. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yes. Sometimes they have like a pop up cafes in tokyo Mm -hmm. like based on different themes like i've been to a gundam cafe but of course like my favorite one was the sailor moon cafe to where they had um different drinks based off of each um i don't know how do you call it like the power sticks of the characters Mm -hmm. and like different food that was like decorated in the shape of like sailor moons or usagi's like compact or a different sailor scout it's super cute I love the wines, by the way. Random. No, nothing <laughs> Sailor Moon related is random on here. <laughs> yes. I mean, the the like best one, I think, is the first one where it looks like something is orbiting around it. Um, mm-hmm. That's my favorite one. <laughs> yeah. They're all really, really cool. I always wanted them, but I never could find like replicas that like look like the actual ones. They always look like a toy. And I'm like, no, I want to actually feel like I could transform. <laughs> right, right, right. Have you ever been Sailor Moon for Halloween, or has anyone been Sailor Moon for Halloween? Okay. What year was that? It was a few years ago. I dressed up as Sailor Moon, and like 
bless my friends because two of them one of them dressed up as sailor mars and the other one dressed up as sailor pluto and like never never watched sailor moon ever but they just indulged me Aww. <laughs> that's really sweet yeah it was so funny because they wanted to do group one i was like well i've always wanted to do sailor moon and they were like yes. all right let's do it Fine. i love that mm-hmm. yeah me me and my friend um in tokyo like a couple years back we were i was sailor mars and she was sailor um venus so she got like the blonde wig and we ordered our costumes like off this website in Japan. So the, the quality of like what you can get in Japan, I think is a little bit better to what you can find like in the US. Um, and I, I regret like, I don't know what happened. I guess like when I moved back to the US, I just kind of get in this mode of like throwing away, donating and just getting rid of stuff. But I did not keep that costume. And oh, no. I do regret that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard with Halloween costumes because it's like, when am I going to wear this again? But it right. is like that thing where it's like a collectible. You want to yeah. hold on to it. I wasn't thinking like that. I was just like, I got to get rid of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I dressed up as Sailor Moon like, I think, last, two years ago. And the thing is, it's funny because like, I'm really like, I'm 6'2 and like, finding an outfit that would fit me but like i ordered a shirt it ended up being a crop top which was fine and then <laughs> i took like it was you know like i'm man-made i like just made it and like did like uh the bow on the chest and i found like a little trinket and like put it in the middle and then i wore i think i wore pants when i went out but i did have like the little skirt too i don't i didn't wear the skirt like out but um but yeah it was like i don't know sailor moon is so much fun i had to be sailor moon at least for halloween at some point so cute i love that we've all i love that we've all dressed up as a sailor scout (laughs) yes definitely you gotta do it at least once i really want to do a a villain at some point in my life but i feel like that is a different type of budget um that i really need to think about because some of those outfits are like really sexy Mm -hmm. but also really intricate Mm -hmm. yeah Queen Barrel's outfit is a lot. I mean, even like the Kohan sisters, like all of their outfits were, they were really nice. Yeah, Yeah. and jewels and everything. Right. Yeah. Um, what what was I gonna say? Oh, hot topic at some point was selling um, a Queen Barrel inspired dress, and I almost bought it because it was so pretty. Oh my god! Really close, and I'm just like, I think I could afford this. I think it was like fifty dollars. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, that would have been cool. Yeah, but the villains have great designs, too. That's the one thing I love about Sailor Moon also. Just, like, you get really good heroes, but you also get really good villains. Yeah, yeah. I think my favorite villain is, and I, mm. it's like, they're, I haven't seen that season in a long time, but where they're almost like Sailor Scouts, but they have, like, the balls in their hair, and there's, like, oh, a, they all are different ones. They all have, like, different powers. Yeah, I think it's the Amazon Quartet you're thinking of. Yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah, like I it's... think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favorite was I think in English her name is um, Emerald, the the one with oh, the green yeah, hair yeah. and the really obnoxious laugh. Yeah, yeah, that whole family was amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were really weird but i i did love all of them i i think i just liked her the most because she was just she was just a lot her personality but she was always fly too mm-hmm. yeah queen helenia is pretty dope too like because she looks like sailor moon a little bit because she has this she has the balls in her hair and it, but it's really long and flowy and she she comes back oh sorry spoiler alert but she comes oh. back twice like she's a villain <laughs> twice so she's great yeah. too i've always said like once I get a house, like I want to get a replica of her mirror because it's so cool. Oh my god, oh, yeah, That's scary. And I'm like, it's kind of scary. <laughs> don't let it break. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. don't It'll do that. Like, glued in place and like I'm gonna look at it, but it's just really pretty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, I do love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, there's so much, so much inspiration, so much designs that are just really, really cool. Um, yes. But I want to know if. Um, Jada, if you have any advice for anybody who wants to start their own creative agency, and Chris, I want to know if you have any advice for someone who wants to create their own show. I guess Jada, you can go first. Um, starting your own creative agency, um, I think 
anything that you do creative or whether if it's you know a hobby or something that you just really enjoy that brings you joy you have to be consistent with it and whatever that looks like for you is probably going to be different um for every individual i guess um but for me with say tokyo it was really about honing in on the idea defining that um polishing that idea and really kind of creating some sort of community with people who could identify with the values and the mission that I had because it was so important to me to you know really work with other people who were like-minded but also you know share the information that I had and really kind of like build support for each other around this idea per se and it's interesting because you know you're not always going to find people that really share your mission and your value even though that they say that they will um so you know sometimes it can be hard and it can be discouraging but you know again just with consistency or at least learn you know how to kind of filter out the things that just don't serve you per se um so it it's just really again just about consistency and just being genuine with whatever it is that you want to create and whether if that's helping people with a creative agency um what that looks like and you know kind of what you can bring to the table and for me as a founder and a manager it's always been really important to me to really make sure that i like give my team the foundational i guess knowledge of whatever it is that they need to you know execute creative things that they may want that fall in line with the mission of the company for example you know it doesn't necessarily have to always be about me and you know without the team that i have we wouldn't necessarily have bay tokyo like without ashley we wouldn't have a full and polished design aesthetic or you know without my social media managers we wouldn't necessarily be consistent on social media or you know most of us can speak japanese but it's really hard to you know translate and do all these different things so you know there's so many different layers and so many different pieces to the puzzle that really help the agency or the group or the community flow together um but i i think it's important to you know just be genuine be honest be consistent you know make sure that you give your team what they need to be successful and i think it's always important to just make sure that people are felt seen and heard because i think that's really the biggest thing that everybody really wants so if we're able to do that within the team then i really hope that we're able to do that just through the platform and through the community from whatever content that we put out or whatever event or whatever it is that we're doing on the platform that someone can identify it and you know understand what we're doing and just kind of feel seen and heard that sounds great yeah that's good advice i love that yeah i mean yeah i feel like a lot of the same things that Jada says applies to wanting to create your own um, series, like your own film project. Um, I think in general, um, if you feel like a weight on you and, and that you have some type of creative thing that you want to put out into the world, like you should pay attention to it and just really, um, you know, figure out what it takes to make it happen. I think a lot of times, a lot of people have a lot of ideas, but people don't um, actually put action behind it. And it's because they, one, feel like they may not be able to deliver or whatever it is. But I think, one, you have to start with just believing in yourself and that you can do whatever it is that you dream of doing. And then, two, figuring out what it is that you need to put action behind it so you know whether that means meeting with other people who have created things that like film projects or whatever it is getting their advice on okay what does it take to make this then once you get that part figured out then it's like okay well who all do i need to you know like who is my team like who can i bring on to help me with this and i think a lot of times when people start to see you taking action and really going for it people then get behind you and they want to help support you so I think, um, you know, just just be resilient throughout all the, the process because it's going to be a lot of uh, ups and downs, and a lot of things you might face. But I think at the end of the day, like you have to just want to have to push through it because it means that much to you. So I think that is the part, you know, that really matters. And I think the technicality stuff of it, you know, that's a huge part of it. But I think, you know, with the internet and everything that's out there, you can, you know, find a lot of 
information that you need to make things happen. Um, but it's nothing like having people who, you know, want to support you or um, people who have the information that you can speak to directly to. So I think, you know, just having that like will to, to create um, and if you have that spark of idea, you know, figure out what it is that you need to do to make it happen. Even if it's not right now, like take your time and do one thing, one step at a time to get there. So, um, yeah, I think, I think those are like very important parts and it's a lot that goes into it. It's a lot. Um, but you know, it all will come together. Um, if you just take one step at a time. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. That sounds so right. Like I think so many of us are never think to ask for like advice or like speak to someone, but like sometimes it's like the easiest way to get an answer or just to like learn what you need to do. Like it's okay to ask for help. <laughs> Absolutely. That is my hugest like downfall is that I hate asking for help. Mm-hmm. Um like but you just have to do it sometimes. You have and honestly sometimes it's easier. This sounds bad, but it's easy to ask for help from people you don't know versus mm-hmm. people you know because there's like a level of um responsibility that you, responsibility that you feel right when you ask people that you know so you know find those people that you do know that you feel comfortable asking and be okay with like there's a lot of like um creative um collectives out there that you can you, like actually like a lot of people i find from our crew is from craigslist honestly because it's like oh you just put it out there and then see who responds yeah um yeah I think we like I talk about this a lot um, just kind of like with my group and just with myself and just especially with quarantine trying to figure out what it is I need to do to kind of implement back within myself to just have some sort of balance or even like some sort of joy and I find you know with this I think especially now with our culture and maybe just with millennials or whatever it is that we put so much emphasis on productivity you know like every moment every year everything that you do everything that you put out it has to be better than the last but i don't necessarily think that's true that's just kind of been you know some lie that i guess we've been told that has now made (laughs) us kind of feel a little bit burnt out and i don't know if maybe we're seeing that you know now with corona and being at home and you know feeling like every day is the same and i'm not saying that that's a good thing because i don't believe that it is but you know i think it's really just taking the time to hone in on what makes you feel good, but not to pressure yourself into, you know, having to grind, no sleep, like, no, actually sleep and make sure you're (laughs) eating well and doing what you need to do to take care of yourself, because that's really going to be your best productivity from that. For sure. Yes. Cosine. Cosine also. And it'll save you some time too. There's, I can't tell you how many times I've like, spent hours researching something and then i ended up asking someone and they're like oh it's one two three and it's like oh yeah cool All yeah right. <laughs> also shout out to you for like being consistent with your project and yeah. just constantly putting out you know episodes of your podcast like being a creator and having to do things on a constant basis is you know it's very difficult yeah and also with okay that's like we want to try to keep up with the channel but it's hard when you have like life and everything and so like shout out to you for constantly staying on top of your content thank you <laughs> yeah it's, we appreciate yes. it yeah yeah it's uh it's fun at least you know i like i, I like talking about sailor moon to dope people so it's not cool. <laughs> but thank you yes <laughs> i actually meant to ask you guys this before what brought you to japan in the first place Jada can go first because she has Um, the (laughs) more interesting story. Um, I mean, honestly, I went to school in Japan. So a lot of people don't know. But the first time that I've ever went to Japan, I I studied in Kyoto. And I went to a Japanese university called Ryukoku Daigaku. And I don't even know how to translate that, like what the English word would be. But I can send you the link and you can Google it if you're interested. But it's a Japanese um, humanities university. And it's actually in Kyoto. So I was there studying for a summer where it was really like two months, I think. Um, and I don't know. It just, it was so beautiful. And I had beyond so much fun. And I'd always had this idea of 
you know, continuing my journey within music and journalism and whatever that looked like. And, you know, since working through music and interviewing artists and working with artists on different project bases, you know, you talk to so many people who are creative and Japan is always like at the top of their list. But especially back then before social media was like really influencing on people to make decisions. Um, a lot of people just didn't really know how to go about coming to Japan because of a language barrier. So through a lot of the work that I've done, I've always wanted to kind of be like that bridge and connector to try to get, you know, people to connect with Japan and vice versa, regardless of, you know, understanding the culture fully or even the language. Um, so after that study was finished in Kyoto, I knew that I needed to go to a big city, which would be Tokyo, to really make the connections and have the support that I needed. So. I was just so hell-bent on going back to Tokyo that when I came back to the U.S., I applied to Temple University, which is actually based in Philadelphia, but they have a campus in Tokyo. I didn't apply. Yeah, I didn't apply to anywhere else. Looking back on this, this was really dumb. Don't do that for people who are applying to college. Apply everywhere. Um, but I, I just knew. I was like, nope, I'm going to TUJ. Nope, I'm going to Tokyo. I got in, and yeah, that was that. I made it happen just honestly through manifestation and will. And I really try to use like that part of my life as a testimony to, you know, try to make things happen. It's really just instilling that belief in yourself to just do it. Yeah. And that's a big note for people who want to go to school in Japan, like knowing Temple University as a campus in Japan. Like, I don't think most people know that. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's a big thing, too, for like American people to like study in Japan specifically, because with Temple, you can still earn that American degree. Now, I don't know how much degrees matter now, at least like in the age of Corona. But, you know, you can study in Tokyo full time and still have that American degree at TUJ. Yes. Jyugoku Daigaku is an uh, international university, right? Um, it is. It's, <laughs> it's Ryu, R-Y-U, Ryukoku Daigaku. Oh, uh, okay. So different. Right. And it's it's right actually by the Fushimi Inari Shrine, like the Thousand Gate Shrine. I don't know if anybody has ever seen like Memoirs of a Geisha. Like when mm -hmm. I think she's like running through like the red gates. <laughs> it's like right by that temple. Uh, um, so I don't know if you Google like Fushimi Inari, that'll probably come up, but that's easier to find. Cool. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Jada's lived in Japan for 10 years. I, um, I went to Michigan State University and they actually have one of the largest, uh, study abroad programs, I think in the U.S. Um, but they had this like program where you can go to Japan, uh, for like, about a month and it was like just it was like the month of may it was like you go to japan you get like six credits and i was like one like this is amazing because i can go to japan two because i can get six credits in just a month like this is this is like gotta happen um so i applied to the program i got in um and my family always wondered like why do you love japan so much and i like couldn't really put it together until like i was saying earlier like tsunami and watching um japanese television like watching these shows that you know like pokemon and digimon all these all these shows really i think made me love um japan especially sailor moon because of the like landscape and how it looked like japan so going to japan with that program i got there and i was like wow this looks just like anime like i can't believe it looks like this the cars are mini um the the convenience stores everything i was just like uh, i was obsessed um, so I was there for a month with a program that where it was all about technology and design. So we actually went to like JR line, which is the tr um, transit, um, metro transit line in Japan where you can ride the train. So we went there and we learned about that. We learned about um, we went to like a phone company called Docomo. Uh, it's like one of the phone uh, companies out there. We went to Square Enix, huge like video gaming company, yeah. and we got to sit down in a boardroom and we talked to them. I was like, this is insane. So uh, it was a very short program, but we were able to go to a lot of just like different huge touch points. We went to Waseda University um, and spoke to students. So we got to just do a lot of really um, amazing work. Um, while we were there and it wasn't really like being in school it was just like being, having fun so that was my 
uh, my time in, in Japan. And I went back recently, like, uh, last year, um, for like two weeks. And it was just like, wow, I can't believe I missed it so much. So that is how I ended up going to Japan. Those are both great stories. That's so cool. And I'm <laughs> glad that I'm hearing about all these like different opportunities and ways people can go because like now it's not like always readily available like that information. So it's mm-hmm. it's really cool mm-hmm. that you guys both kind of found these different ways to get there and like stay there and you know get it. Paid yes, <laughs> take advantage yeah. of study abroad. Yeah. For sure. And I encourage people, like, if you're interested in studying abroad or even just finding out different travel opportunities, whether if it's through study or not, to kind of just keep an eye out on, you know, your local Japanese embassy, because there's always an influx of information, like, coming through there. Um, That's always in English, too, that you can kind of find out about different programs, different classes, study abroad opportunities, scholarships, grants. There's a ton of stuff. That's cool. All right. Thank you. And so I usually like to close off with asking guests to create a Sailor Moon says phrase. So just like at the end of like Toonami, <laughs> which you had Sailor Moon says, um, you have to create a phrase where, like Sailor Jada says and Sailor Christopher says. And, yes. Anyway. <laughs> Jada, you go first. <laughs> I have to think about it for a second. I know. I'm like, oh, no. What would I say? I mean, I can maybe maybe use our tagline in um, Bay Tokyo. Yeah. Um, which it does have a curse word in it, so That's I do fine. apologize if anybody is offended by that. But our our tagline, and I guess my Sailor Moon says, would be, um, "Do no harm, but take no shit." <laughs> I love it. I feel like yes. I would say that for sure. <laughs> Straight to the point. <laughs> That's, That's why I love her. <laughs> yes. Um. Oh God. Mine. Sailor Chris Rule says. Um. He would. I guess it would be something like. Um, something very, this is going to be very cliche, probably. Hmm. I guess, oh, you know what? I have a list of affirmations near my, like where I'm sitting. And one of them is, uh, okay. Uh, there is enough time in the day to make a living and live life on purpose. Take and take steps towards my dream. So that's what Sailor Chris Rules would say. I like that. Yeah, that's really good. Yes. So Shout out to the affirmations on the wall. Yes. <laughs> For sure. It's important to have like daily reminders and affirmations. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Well, this is the end of the show, unfortunately. Oh man. <laughs> this was so much fun. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Um yes. and of course for listeners, you know, what's next for you guys and where can people find you? Um, okay, I guess I'll go. I mean, you can follow me online and all my social media is uh at Jada underscore B and it's J A Y D A. Um now with quarantine and you know, DJing, you can kind of catch me online on Twitch to where I'm DJing. Uh, live sets and also gaming a lot since I've kind of like have just embraced being inside of my apartment aka my cave um so you can go to twitch.tv slash jada j-a-y-d-a underscore underscore b there's two underscores in my twitch I saw you're playing ghost of Tsushima too or Tsushima oh my god I love that game yeah (laughs) it's great it's great yeah but (laughs) yes and Chris how about you uh so you can follow me on instagram at christopher rules um it's two r's in between christopher and rules and uh i guess like my series channel reality check series on instagram um and if and then okay does we can talk about okay does okay does on twitter or on instagram is okay des d-e-s-u um okay a y okay sorry okay d-s-u um and yeah those are all the things i feel like there's a lot of channels but those are the main ones you can hit us on (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot but you can find us on instagram just hit us up right and jd you also have bay tokyo i don't know if you yeah so i mean my bay tokyo is also connected on my instagram profile but if you want to check out bay tokyo you can go to bay that's b-a-e tokyo.com to check out the team past events our blog there's some really interesting blog pieces from the team there Mm -hmm. um some photos and yeah hit me up or hit us up yeah 
That would be great. And of course, I am Victoria, and you can find the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast at Mooney's Club on Twitter and Mooney's underscore club on Instagram. And you can find me at Miss Old School, Miss Old School with a K on Twitter and Instagram. And that's it. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Of course. <laughs> thank you. For thank you. This is so much fun to talk with someone who is like a real Sailor Moon fan. Yeah. So thank you. So great. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you. Thank you.